And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. All right, how's everybody doing today? Good, I'm Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at New Covenant, and it's good to see you all today. Uh, we're taking a little break from our sermon series and going through the book of Galatians, and we have something exciting to talk about today. You guys ready? Right. We're going to talk about community groups. Wow. First service was way better. So we're going to talk about community groups. Um, you might not know what they are, so I know you're not, maybe you're not excited about it. Um, and here's the thing. If you're saying this whole thing is going to be an advertisement to sign up for a community group, don't worry. It's not. Um, we're going to talk about the importance of community um, and being in community. So don't worry, even if you have no intention of signing up for a group or adding one more thing to your uh, nightly list of things to do, uh, feel no pressure, feel no guilt. We're still going to have fun in here today. Can we handle that? Yeah. All right. So a community group, um, you know, Pastor Mike is, uh, the, is directing. I think he stepped out, but he's playing guitar over here. He's the one that was talking into the microphone like, hello. Um, you saw that in the camera. And uh, Pastor Mike is uh, directing our community groups. He's doing a great job. And uh, I want you guys all to know this, that when you leave today, um, if you haven't already, you're more than welcome to take one per family of one of those blue New Covenant bags out there on the table. Did you guys see those when you came in? Some of you might have already got one. If you didn't get one, make sure uh, you get one. It has the church's logo on it, and then it says life is better together. And uh, we believe that. We believe that life happens in community and that life is better together. Life's better together. And if you're not convinced of that, I hope by the end this morning that you will be convinced that life is better together. So um, simply stated, a community group is a group of people. See what we did there? It's really complicated. So a community group is a group of people. Get together, 8 to 12 people, maybe some kids in the mix if you sign up for a family group. But there's 8 to 12 people that get together, and here's what we do. We have a Bible study. We have a Bible study. We have time of praying for one another, and we eat some food. Now, how cool is that? And sometimes we just have snacks, but there's a few families, get this, that when you sign up, I'm not going to tell you which ones it is, but they have a whole meal. Now, I'm not going to tell you which family it is or which group night or group number it is, but they will feed you an entire meal. Makes you want to sign up, doesn't it? Just don't know. You might sign up for the right group that's meal every single week. How cool is that? But don't worry. There's still really good snacks at all the other ones, okay? Um, so a community group meets in homes. It meets in people's houses, all right? Meets in people's houses, and it meets for three months, 10, 12 weeks, something like that. Uh, the math on that, if it's about 10 weeks long, it's 15 hours. If it's 12 weeks long, it's 18 hours, all right? So 18 hours of your life towards a community group. That doesn't seem too bad, now does it? Not bad at all. So community groups will be different days and times, and you'll have the opportunity to choose one that is right for you. They take place Monday through Thursday. We have a Financial Peace University. That's on Tuesday nights. Um, if you started Financial Peace ever, it's a $50 cost. If you started it and never finished it, or maybe you'd like to take it again, once you pay that initial $50, you can take it as many times as you want for the rest of your life. How cool is that? So um, if that's something you want to do, it costs the church $100 for you to go through that. That's the only group that charges 50 bucks, charges any amount of money, um, is financial piece because you get a kit and a booklet and all these things. And so it's a class that you go through to get uh, in charge and in control of your 
finances. So why are we having community groups? Why do we talk about them? Well, for one thing, we believe that life happens in community and that life is better together. We strongly believe in the power of community, of being together as one and not being in isolation. And so life is better together. Um, there's time, I could share so many things, but I don't have time this morning to share them of all the great things that my family and I have, have experienced because of community groups. Uh, and there's been so many cool things. My kids get excited about them. They enjoy them. They enjoy being able to interact with the study and the lessons. And sometimes we have coloring sheets or we watch videos and they just enjoy it for them. It's a highlight. They're like, when are people coming back for the community group? And, uh, so it's a great thing. My wife and I enjoy, uh, having one in our home, and we've had the opportunity to be able to, to pray for people who, you know, had, had some things in their past that they were struggling through, and us as a group, we got together and we said, hey, let's pray for you, and that person uh, experienced tremendous healing from some past things that had gone on, and so these groups are more than just getting together and having food. I know I was joking around about that a little bit. They're, they're real. They're relationship building, and, uh, and we have the opportunity to pray for one another. And awesome. So let's look at uh, some scripture this morning. Why should I join a group? Good question. Uh, here's my first thought, is that it's actually biblical uh, that we be in community. All right, let's read a scripture in Acts 2. It says this, They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praise God. People in general liked what they saw, and every day their number grew as God added those who were saved. So we see in the early church recently as, you know, Jesus, he, he, he left the earth, he ascended into heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit, the church was birthed in Holy Spirit power, and this early church got together, and what they get together to do? They got together to eat meals, to praise God, and to celebrate all the good things that they had done, and what was the result of that? The result was that people liked what they saw. That people were excited about that. And it, the scripture says that in general, people liked what they saw every day. Their number grew as God added those who were saved. It was appealing. It was an attractive thing to see all of these people of different walks and backgrounds. And, and here they are coming together and meeting together in homes and celebrating God and all that he had done. And that to other people was like, oh, that's cool. They'll accept me and love me for who I am. And every single day, people were added to the kingdom of God. That's pretty cool. And so this idea of community, this idea of getting together and, and, and sharing a meal, this idea of getting together and spending time uh, celebrating God and, and, and looking at what He's doing and, and how great He is has been around for a long time. So this is nothing new. Getting, being a part of community is nothing new, but it's something that's been done for ages. And we as a church today can continue in that. You know, we have all of our friends online and, and we have all of our social circles online, but it never really satisfies or fulfills like it does when you can sit down and look at someone eyeball to eyeball, have some food, laugh together, right? I mean, you can say LOL all you want. You can like and heart and do all that stuff, but it's not quite the same, is it? It's not quite the same as a belly laugh. I mean, you can't really get that on social media, can you? I mean, you can tell them, you're like, oh, I just belly laughed. It's like, whatever, right? It's so much fun to listen to people belly laugh than it is just to be like, yeah, belly laughed. It's like, oh, cool. Um, and, and so face-to-face, -face, it's great. It's wonderful. It's biblical. Community is a good thing. Everybody say this. Say, community is good. Say, isolation is bad. So community is good, 
Isolation is bad. Community good? Isolation? Community? Isolation? You guys got this. All right. So community is good and isolation is bad. Now what I want to say, uh, we're going to read a scripture. Let's just do it right now. Genesis 2 says this. God said, it's not good, which means it's bad. It's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion, right? It's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. There's a whole lot more on there. We're not going to read all that. That's all I wanted to read. God said, it's not good. Everybody say, it's not good. It's not good for the man to be alone. So this is not what I'm talking about. What I'm not talking about, that word alone right there, that means isolated or separated. I'm not talking about it. It doesn't mean that it's not good for man to be single, okay, or for a woman to be single. We're not talking about whether you're single or married or anything like that today. If you are single, then you are right where God wants you to be. If you're married, then you're right where God wants you to be at this moment in time right now, all right? So we're not talking about that. When I say isolation is bad, I don't mean being single is bad. What I mean is being separated or isolated from community is bad. Because remember, community is? And isolation is? So God said way back in the beginning of your Bible, he said, it is not good. It is not good. So it is bad for mankind to be alone. Isolated, separated, removed from, right? It's bad. What is better is community. Community is good. And, and isolation is bad. So listen to this. And I, I've got a scripture here in a little bit that I want to show you. But there's this guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he has this quote. And I think it's a great quote. Check it out. It says, Sin demands to have a man by himself. It withdraws him from the community. The more isolated a person is, the more destructive will be the power of sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous is his isolation. You see that? That's what sin wants to do. Sin demands to have a man or a woman, a person, by themselves. Sin wants to pull you away from community. Sin wants, why? Because if you're involved with people and they're involved in your life, they're going to know when you're messing up. They're going to know when you're doing things wrong. And so sin wants to pull you away from the people that care about you. Sin wants to isolate you and put you inside a little box and pull you away and say, ah, you don't need them and you don't need that. All that you need is right there inside of you. You're good to go. But the problem with that is it leaves us very lonely. It leaves us very isolated. It leaves us very separated. And then sin has his way with us. And then all of a sudden, this, I like what he said. He said, the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous is his isolation. Yeah. That's what isolation leads to. Yeah. Disaster. Now listen to me. You can be married and still be isolated and separated from community. I told you, I'm not talking about a single or married thing today. I'm talking about this idea of being isolated and separated, removing yourself from community, removing yourself from a spot. It can be anything. Where you just think, I've got this, nobody has to know about this, nobody has to know about that. The sin, it's not that bad. I mean, it's not as bad as so-and-so's, so I know I'm good. It's not that big of a deal, but the problem is it just keeps pulling you and pulling you and pulling you and isolating you. And the more it does that, the more disastrous it becomes. Community, good. Isolation, 
Check this out. There's a guy in the Bible. His name's King David. You guys ever heard of David? Let's read a story about David. 2 Samuel chapter 11. When that time of year came around again, the anniversary of the Ammonite aggression, David dispatched Joab and his fighting men of Israel in full force to destroy the Ammonites for good. They laid siege to Rabbah, but David stayed in Jerusalem. And one late afternoon, David got up from taking his nap. That's my man right there, taking his nap. And was strolling on the roof of the palace. Now, from his vantage point on the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was stunningly beautiful. David sent to ask about her and was told, Isn't this Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam and wife of Uriah the Hittite? David sent his agents to her. After she arrived, he went to bed with her. In the Bible, that means they had sex. This occurred during the time of purification following her period. Then she returned home. Before long, she realized she was pregnant. Later, she sent word to David, I'm pregnant. All right, so I want you to notice something about that. What does this have to do at all with being isolated and alone and separated from community? Well, right at the very beginning, it says, when the time of year came around, the anniversary of the Anamite aggression, David dispatched. He sent out Joab. Joab Joab was like his right-hand man. Fought battles together. They were brothers in arms. He was like his most trusted advisor, his best friend, like buddies. Commander of the army, Joab. And he sent Joab out, sent all the other guys out that had fought with David, that had, had, had won battles for David, that were like David's brothers. They were the people that were most accessible to David. Like if they wanted to approach David, I mean, these guys were his brothers. You know what I'm saying? And what did he do? He sent them away. And what did the king spend his time doing? Napping and watching women bathe. He got into trouble. Why? Because he was isolated. He separated himself from the people who kept him in check, who helped him the most. He sent them away. And he's like, I'm just going to lay around the pot. I'm rich. I've got nothing else going on. I'm just going to nap. See what I see on the rooftop. Hey, look at that. There's a lady over there. I think they should bring her to me. I mean, he's obviously bored. He's letting the thoughts get the best of him. He's got no one to hold him in check. No one to keep him accountable. Remember, community is good. You see how bad isolation's getting? You see how disastrous this is becoming? I mean, it wasn't so bad. It was super innocent. It just started with a nap. But then, I'm on the rooftop. What do I see? Well, he could have just stopped there, but then he's like, no, why don't you find out who that is? And if that wasn't enough, he's like, well, why don't you just go get her? And if that wasn't enough, he's like, well, maybe I'll just sleep with her. And then she says, I'm pregnant. Now, you remember it said that she was the daughter. Women, they're all a daughter of someone. But then she was the wife of Uriah. So David knew that. So David knew what he was doing was wrong. Going to bed with another man's wife is good. Got that one right. It's wrong. It was like a trick question. It's like, this is a trick question. No, it's not a trick question. It's wrong, right? And, and so then she becomes pregnant. So David, like all humans, says, it's cool. I got this. I can fix this. I'll just make this a little more disastrous while I'm at it, right? I'm going to go ahead and fix this. So he arranges for Uriah to come home from the battle so that he'd sleep with his wife Bathsheba, and he wouldn't do it. He's a man of honor and, and character, and so he said, nope, not doing it. I'm sleeping outside can't impregnate your wife if you're sleeping outside, right? 
So David's like, dang it, that didn't work. So he writes up a letter to give to the commander of the army, and he says, basically in that letter, it's like, I want you to put your eye of the Hittite in front of where the battle's the fiercest, right on the front line. Like, I want him up there, basically saying, I want him there so he dies. I want this dude out of my life. It's a problem. His wife's pregnant. I got her that way. I'm fixing my mistakes. I can handle this. It's all good. Disaster. So get this. He takes that letter that he wrote and gives it to Uriah. Basically saying, here's your death sentence. Now go take it away. But he had no idea. He had no idea that he was hand delivering his death sentence to his commander. But that's exactly what he did. So he dies in battle. And David's like, whew. Took care of that. Swept that under the rug. No problem. What, uh, what destruction? What sin? Isolation's cool. It's great. We'll go, go take a nap, right? Not so much. He uh, thought he was good, but then uh, the Lord sent Nathan the prophet in 2 Samuel 12. And he sends him the prophet and he tells him a story and he's like, hey David, I got a story for you. He's like, there's this rich guy, you know, lots and lots of money, lots and lots of cattle, lots and lots of sheep. Well, a guest came in, they were going to throw a party for this guy. And instead of slaughtering one of his own sheep, he went to the neighbor's house. Now, this neighbor had one sheep, like one sheep that, I mean, the kids would cuddle with this sheep at night. Like, this was their pet. Like, this was their most beloved possession. And so what did the, what did the rich man do? He stole the neighbor's only sheep and killed it for the guest. And David was hot. He was like, are you kidding me? That person deserves to die, and they need to pay back what they have stolen. I mean, he's on, like, his soapbox. And Nathan says, hey man, you are that dude. And just then he realized, oh man, I done screwed up. Big time indeed. And then Nathan goes on to say because of this, and there's a list of that. I mean, there's 10 verses of this is what's going to happen now that you did that, just so you know. And it ain't very good. It's not fun. Sin will take you farther than you wanted to go, cost you more than you wanted to pay, and keep you longer than you wanted to stay. It's no good. Isolation is community. It's good. So what did David do? He repented. He did. He repented. God forgave him. And this is the same David that God said that he was a man after his own heart. David repented well. But there were still actions for a consequence. Isolation bad. Community, good. All right. So with all that heaviness, I'm going to mix it up. (laughs) We're going to give something away. You guys ready? It's a horrible segue. Just go with it. All right, so Anna's bringing up. You guys signed up for community groups uh, before service. Some of you did, and we have your names. And uh, so we are going to randomly select one person to win this wonderful bag that says New Covenant Christian Church, and it has church merch in it and food. And a piece of cardstock. Love it. Are these all from first service or second? I mean, second service? Four seconds. And the winner is Jerry and Anita Johnson. Awesome. Enjoy all of that. And like I said, for all of you, there's a bag waiting for you. There's no stuff in it. You'll have to fill it with your own stuff, okay? Take it to Aldi, throw groceries in it. Um, Anything you need to carry around, it'll work because it's a bag. It's awesome. Just blows my mind every service. All right, so community's good. 
Isolation is bad. Why do I want you to join a community group? Because it's biblical and because community is good. Because it's good to be accountable. It's good to, to be there for one another. And then there's one other thing I want to say about why you should join a community group. You will develop lasting relationships. If any of you have been in a community group, group you know this is true. That you'll develop lasting relationships. Because you and I, we have a life in common. When you go to these groups, you might look at the people there and be like, I got nothing in common with these guys, these gals. I got nothing in common. But here's the thing. You're all there because you love Jesus or because you want to know more about him. And I got news for us. That's all the common ground we need. That's it. That'll cross any political stance. That'll cross any idea or thought or anything. It'll go against all that stuff and unify us as one. Look at Galatians chapter 3. By faith in Christ, you are in direct relationship with God. Your baptism into Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in adult faith wardrobe. Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. In Christ's family, there can be no division into Jew or non-Jew, slave-free, male, female. Among us, you are all equal. That is, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, our logo, I don't think we have it up there right now, and that's okay, but when we use community groups, um, that's originally like our church logo where it's got the dots and the thing in the middle, and it's all that, and people are like, what does your logo mean? Well, where it came from was when we started community groups, and if you look down like you're flying over the top of it, it looks like people, like their heads with their arms around each other. And, and so that's where that logo originally came. People are like, does it mean Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one? It's like, yeah, we can go with that one too. But it originally... <laughs> It originally was this idea of embracing one another as your own. And that's what I like about community groups is because have you noticed today that I'm standing up here and then you're all kind of, you know, facing me and looking at me and I'm talking to you? Do you know what I love about community groups is that we sit in a circle so that we can just talk with one another. Because we're all equals. And so you're going to have a facilitator. There's going to be someone there that's going to guide the conversation and make sure we're not getting off into like politics or the newest, hottest button this or that or whatever. But they're just going to be there to guide what's going on. But why do we sit in a circle? We sit in a circle because it's a level playing field. We're all in that together. We're there to discuss and to open up and to be honest and to be transparent with one another. Why would we do that? Because we have a common life together. We have a love of Jesus Christ. We love him. We, we want to know more about him. We come from different backgrounds and different walks of life. I got news for you. We can have unity without uniformity. It's a good thing. We can have unity. We can be united and we don't all have to look the same. In fact, we can be together and not the same and that's okay. Because we don't need unity with uniformity. We don't need that at all. What unites us is Jesus Christ. 100 so the love that we have for Christ allows us to love others in community as well. Amen? Amen. So you might be thinking to yourself, well, yeah, Josh, there's some barriers to, to joining a group. There's some things like, I'm sure you can guess what one of the biggest barriers would be to joining a group, and that would be time. Right? And how often do we say it? And we just ask me, first service, how was your weekend? I'm like, oh, it was kind of busy. And then I stopped and I thought about it. I'm like, actually, it wasn't busy. It's like we're programmed a lot of times just to be like, oh, it was busy. Life's busy. And then you stop and think, and it's like, actually, I sat around at a garage sale. It was like the worst garage sale ever. I sat around and like wasted my time. I was not all that busy. 
Like, we didn't even sell that much. I was, it was depressing. My weekend was depressing, right? <laughs> but it just comes out as, oh, yeah, I did stuff, like, all week long. It's like, no, you didn't. Right? And we, and we do it. But I get that. I do understand, too, that there are time commitments. There are time restraints. You look at your schedule and you're like, I can't fit another 90 minute segment of anything in there. And like I said earlier, I'm not trying to, I want you to sign up for a community group, but here's what's more important. I want you to find some time. There's Monday through Thursday. We're doing community groups. If you say, Josh, it just doesn't work. I can't do that. That's fine. But I want you to find some time to be intentional about community. I want you to look at that calendar that is oh so busy, which is probably not as busy as you think it is, but I know it's busy. And look at it and say, okay, I can't do a community group. Like, I mean, I really want to. I mean, Josh has me super pumped about wanting to do a community group. <laughs> but what, how could I fit community into my week? Because I, I heard today, and I'm pretty sure it's true. I mean, it was in the Bible and stuff that community is good and isolation is bad. That it's not good for man to be alone. How can I look at this? I mean, we all have the same amount of hours, 168 of them. Can I find an hour, like 1.5, not even 10%? Can I, can I find that maybe in my schedule? Or even if it's, I wonder if I could just find a little bit of time to go to the park with some friends or neighbors. Or maybe I can find just a little bit of time. I mean, people got to eat. You got church. There's, I bet a lot of, how many of you are going to go eat after this? What are, what are the rest of you going to do? <laughs> Survive off breakfast? All right, so there's a lot of people that are going to go eat while you say, hey, just so you know, I'm eating some food soon, whenever the preacher's done talking. <laughs> How's about you and I go have some lunch together? Wow, I can't handle rejection. What if they say no? Well, you go to one of the other people that are still around, and you ask them. And eventually, you'll find someone that also eats. <laughs> And then your hardest decision from there is, where do you want to eat? I don't care. Where do you want to eat? Right? I mean, we all know how that is. It could be that simple. I don't know, Josh. You're oversimplifying things. Am I? I don't feel like I am. So maybe time, schedule conflicts. I can't add another thing. Maybe you're nervous about meeting new people. Maybe what I asked you to do, like go up to someone and be like, hey, do you eat lunch? So do I. Maybe you're like, I'd never do that. You, I, there's no way. I'm just super nervous, anxious, can't do it, not going to do it. I can't go to someone's house who I don't know and hang out with people I don't know. It's just, I just can't do it. Well, here's the thing. Whatever you're worried or anxious or whatever, I found out that most of those things that you worry about don't ever come true. My daughter, she worries. She gets it from me. I feel bad for the kid. But she, if, if she doesn't know every single, like, what order it's happening and everything that's happening and whoever's going to be there, and she can't know the start to the end of it, she gets a little anxious. And sometimes you just can't answer all of those questions. But I say, you know what, sweetie? You're going to be all right. Trust in the Lord. It's going to be good. We're praying for you. We're here for you. But you got to do it. Like, you got to go to school. Sorry. <laughs> First day of milk. you got to go, right? Or whatever it is. And then at the end of the day or the end of the event or whatever it is, so how is it? Oh, it's great. It's perfect. Yeah, it's cool. It's like nothing happened. And I have a feeling it might be the same way if you try. A community group. Or maybe you're saying, Josh, um, you know, I just really have no desire. Like, you've been preaching, but I am not inspired <laughs> at all um, by, like, half the things you said. Like, I'm just not, it just did nothing for me. Like, I, and you know what? That's okay. 
If you have no desire to join a community group, there I'm not. I'm not going to look at you sideways. I'm not upset at you at all. I love you. Jesus loves you. It's all totally 100% good. But like I said earlier, I'd recommend you find a time to insert some community time into your weekly schedule. And conveniently enough, we also have some opportunities for you to do that outside of community groups. Oh, really? Do tell. Okay, I will. <laughs> Celebrate recovery. So, I, so obviously nobody goes to that, right? <laughs> um, so celebrate recovery. Yes. You heard them. Tuesday nights, 6 to 8 o'clock. Yep. Awesome. They have fun. Yeah. It's a good time. You get a testimony of someone one week, and you get teaching the next week, and small group time after both. It's a great time. Check it out. Freedom from hurts, habits, hang-ups, and that could be anything. All right? But it's a community. Pray for you. Worship together. They're there for you. They love you. It's a community of people. It's great. Or maybe mops. Thursday mornings, 8.30 to 10.30. We have not had mops here before. It's going to start in two weeks. We can have, whatever. The 16th, no. Yeah, 19th. Thanks. September 19th is a Thursday. It's going to start 8.30 to 10.30. It's going to be right here at the church. Child care provided. I don't even know if you guys know this or not, but there's a breakfast for the moms and everything. What? I'm, a, I'm coming. And no, I'm just kidding. You can't. Guys, can't go. So they're, they're having a breakfast and everything. It's, I mean, what is it? It's community, right? Um, maybe, and I already talked about that. Invite a family or two over for supper or hang out at church or on a nice afternoon. Uh, you can play cards with the Card Playing Life group. They met Friday. That, listen, that group has been around for 14 years. Yeah. Every single month or sometimes twice a month, they get together and play cards and they eat, and there's the secret, they eat a lot of food. I mean, they got pizza, and they got cookies, and they got everybody, it is just like, it's like potluck heaven up in there. I mean, it is great. So check it out. Um, you can play cards with them. You can go to a community Bible school, uh, school, community Bible study. There's a bunch of them in the community, and they meet at different places and various spots, and maybe that's somewhere where you can find some community. I don't know. We provide a lot, but maybe you live far away. Find some time for community. Wherever your context, wherever you're at, whatever's going on, don't feel any pressure. Do I want you to sign up for a community group and attend and be there? Absolutely, 100%. But if that doesn't work out, do something. Because remember, I said this earlier, it's not good for man to be alone. Are you feeling isolated or separated? Step into a group. Try it. Listen, 10 weeks, it's 15 hours of your life. That's it. You're going to spend that much time in this next week eating. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, dinner in one week. Over the course of 10, you can spend 15 hours in a group. I would encourage you, if you can, to try it. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 Fifth Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.